Welcome to the Fort Bragg PWOC podcast. Today we are so excited we are going to have Tara Whitmore, who is our Leadership Selection Committee Chair, share all about leadership selection this year. We are so excited to have her join us. Thank you for listening. Hi ladies, my name is Tara Whitmore and I get to serve you as the leadership selection team leader this year at Fort Bragg PwC. I just wanna share my PwC testimony real quickly with you to help you understand why I'm here and why I'm doing this. Um, We just retired after 20 years of being married in the military and we moved 18 times during those 20 years. And no matter where the Lord sent us, he gave me a home in PwC. It's where he let me love and be loved, bless and be blessed. He let me stretch my legs in leadership and be in a safe environment where I could trust him to use my gifts and my shortcomings for his glory. And so I want to invite you to consider where God would have you serve him next year. If that's in PWC, amen. And the five positions we're looking to fill are president, first vice president of spiritual life, second vice president of programs, administrative coordinator, and financial liaison. So what we do is we assemble a team of women who are going to accept your applications, pray over them, interview you in a safe environment, and discern who God is calling to what position within PWOC. We know that all God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For every one of God's promises is yes in him. Therefore, the amen is also spoken through him by us, for his glory. And so we Christ's love compels us to serve. It is the natural outpouring of our salvation, but it takes wisdom to discern where that is and in what capacity. So that's our job is to help you discern that. And so I want to talk about servant leadership a little bit because even secular universities are starting to have the ability to major in servant leadership. Organizations thrive when leaders walk as servant leaders. And so who started this? Jesus. <laughs> and so he was born during the time of Caesar Augustus. So if we think of Rome and we think of emperors, they were absolute dictator rulers. They had all the power. And so we've got Caesar Augustus on the Roman throne. And then we've got Herod the Great, the king of the Jews. And so Herod was known for being an absolutely brutal king. He's the one who murdered the babies trying to eliminate Jesus, who he saw as a threat to his throne. And I would also like to pose that the Pharisees were on a sort of throne, one that they created for themselves. They misused God's law to manipulate the people and to empower themselves. And so in John eleven forty eight, it says, the Pharisees are talking about Jesus. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. And so they had enthroned themselves on a type of throne. So Jesus is born into a time where there are three thrones. And all of these thrones were absolute. They had complete power, even though there were three of them. They had their own realm that they got to control. So Jesus takes leadership and he turns it on its head. The, the contemporary of the time type of leadership where we see dictators getting to dictate and the people being literally enslaved to these three rulers. And he says in Mark 10:45, even the son of man did not come to be served, 
but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. So if we look at that in Matthew, the parallel, we understand a little more of what's going on when Jesus says this. So you've got James and John, the sons of thunder, who Jesus named that because they were constantly asking him if they should call down thunder to smite Jesus's opponents. So you've got their mother coming to Jesus and asking that when Jesus comes into his kingdom, that they could sit at his left and right hand. And so that gives us a clue as to what Jews were expecting from their Messiah. So Messiah means anointed one, and they thought that he was going to be a political king overthrowing Rome and bringing them back to the days of David and Solomon. We see that when, when Peter um, corrects Jesus, when Jesus is talking about the crucifixion and Peter says, oh, stop talking like that. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, because Peter is focused on the things of man and Jesus is understanding God's plan. Then later on in the garden, G Peter cuts off Malchus's ear because he thinks that he is in a political battle where Jesus is going to be enthroned politically and overthrow Rome. And good, good thing is later on we see that Peter gets it, and we'll get to that quote in a little bit. But if we look at Matthew 20, 24 through 28, we see in context this quote that we quoted from Mark. And Jesus is saying to the disciples that leadership looks different than anything they've encountered thus far. And so when the other 10 disciples hear about James and John's mom, asking for a promotion for them, they're naturally indignant with the two brothers. Verse 25 picks up and says, but Jesus called them aside. So he takes all 12 of them together and he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their, sup their superiors exercise authority over them. It shall not be this way among you. Instead, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So he's asking them to become slaves who are willing to die for each other. And six chapters later, we see Jesus take the role of the lowliest slave in the household and wash his disciples' feet. And so we see that he models humility and grace, God's grace being poured out through him onto the disciples. Luke twenty two twenty six says, He who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. So there Jesus is talking again about being a servant leader. Paul talks about it in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, and he says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And here's where we see Peter really did get it. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we see that grace of God come through the gifts he gave poured out onto the body for his glory. 
And we see that again in Romans 12, 6 through 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generous, generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so these are the examples through numerous New Testament examples. Starting with Jesus' Jesus's own example, we see servant leadership modeled well. And this is what I have been blessed to experience so many times in PWC, and I am forever grateful. So I want to close with a quote from A.W. Tozer. A true and safe leader is likely to be one who has no desire to lead, but is forced into a position of leadership by the inward pressure of the Holy Spirit and the press of the external situation. So we need five women to step into selected positions in PWOC. And we can trust that through the process of applying, being interviewed, and the leadership selection team praying, that we can discern God's will of if he is calling you to one of these positions. But whether it's one of these positions or anything else within PWOC or your church family, I encourage you to trust that God has given you gifts for his glory. He will pour out the grace that is necessary to serve him. And when you do it with your whole heart as a servant leader, it will bring him glory. So you're going to see the application go out through many means in PWC. I would encourage you to trust him. If you are feeling that inward pressure of the Holy Spirit and you're thinking, oh, probably not me, anyone else but me, I would encourage you to be obedient and fill out the application anyway, trusting that he will speak. He will clue the leadership selection team into who and when. He is trustworthy. So... Thank you for your time, and thank you for praying about whether or not God is calling you to serve him next year through PWOC. God bless. Hi, thank you for listening to Protestant Women of the Chapel, Fort Bragg. We are workers together for Christ. If you've been inspired, please share our podcast with those who could use a good word.